0: Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now new customers, when you sign up and you use promo code DNVR, you can place any NBA pregame Moneyline bet. And when that wins, you do get $150 in bonus bets instantly from DraftKings Sportsbook. That's only when you use... Promo code DNVR for the first time and only with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today are a couple guests. We've got Renee Deckard from Purple Row, but let's jump right into things. In Cleveland, she's there. The Queen of Cleveland? Have you officially adopted that moniker yet, Susie Hunter?
1: Um, I have not, but I will say I feel the love from Cleveland. I think I could be Cleveland royalty if I really put the work in.
0: I could see that where I could see all 9,000 and change last night at the ballpark pulling for that. Was that a uh, weird being in a ballpark that didn't have, you know, a lot of people in it. And it was like what? 33% capacity, something like that. There, there wasn't a ton of people that were jazzed up to go see, uh, guardians versus Rockies on Monday night, huh?
1: And you know what? The weather was awful last night. It was so cold. It was in the low forties. So I get that people did not want to, you know, come out, spend the money, watch, you know, a matchup that, you know, might not be exciting to a lot of people. And also I'm kind of learning uh, from people who spend a lot of time here in Cleveland, the guardians don't even play their best baseball in April. So I was surprised to see it kind of dead like this. I've definitely seen more empty ballparks looking at you, Oakland, but you know, it was, they, it was kind of weird. It was kind of weird, but I understand why people didn't want to show up.
0: They are the reverse Rockies in April is, is really what it sounds like. I'm, I'm not jealous necessarily that you were there to see Bretton Doyle's debut. It's always great. Uh, I am happy for you. I'm, I'm almost more jealous because you got to see the MLB debut patch on Britton Doyle's sleeve, that's cool. I, I'm sure you're you're more hyped for the player and the debut than the actual patch, but may, maybe not.
1: You know what? I I always thought it was a cool patch, uh, even though it's you know for it's even though it's something that is just made to be sold on a baseball mm-hmm. card, it's it's still so cool, and it's cool to finally see it in person because he is the first Rocky to debut this season, so he is the first Rocky to wear the MLB debut patch.
0: That's pretty cool. And uh, Ryan Feltner has a debut of his own in a sense. I mean, he's a guy from Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, you know, nearby, uh, did go to Ohio state and has never pitched against the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati. So this is uh, somewhat of a homecoming for him today in Cleveland.
1: Patrick, it's not Ohio state. It is the Ohio state. How dare you? But Ryan (laughs) Feltner talks about ohio a lot i remember one of the really cold games we had at coors field i was chatting with ryan the next day and i'm like gosh it was so cold out last night i don't know how you guys do it out there i'm impressed i don't know how y'all do it and he was like no like it's fine i'm used to it he's like i'm from ohio like i've always pitched in this kind of weather i'm used to pitching and my hand being cold you know i'm used to feeling these conditions so Ohio is a big part of his personality, a big part of his pitching identity. But yeah, I'm super excited to see him. And he talked a lot yesterday about how he is excited for this new perspective, because this is the ballpark he grew up going to his dad's company had a box so they would sit in those seats. He has been to this, this park as a fan so many times. So he he said yesterday, quote, extra butterflies for sure.
0: That's awesome. Is his dad Tommy Callahan of Callahan Automotive? Do we, I don't know.
1: I don't, okay. I don't get it.
0: <laughs> Tommy boy reference. All right. Well, here's the thing. This this You were there in Cleveland for what will be the last time Progressive Field does not have a party deck, right? We talked about the renderings all off-season, so really take it in, Susie. While you're there, Progressive, free, progressive Field sands rooftop.
1: You know what? And it's funny because we know that those mock-ups look kind of similar to the Coors Field party deck. So it's nice to see the culture of Colorado making its way out here to Ohio. (laughs) But yeah, I'm looking at the park now and um, uh, there are parts that definitely could use some party decks. It's a little little dull up on the uh, third deck.
0: So are, are you saying there's a chance that possibly in 2025 the Denver Post will have, you know, Hey, it's here opening day and it'll be a photograph of progressive field. Maybe I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. All right. Here are some words I want to know about Bud Black talking about Herman Marquez. Apparently the, the dude's going to maybe pitch tomorrow. He's coming off the aisle. He's going to make the start on Wednesday in Cleveland. Is this true?
1: I mean, tomorrow is the day that he can come off the IL, and uh, you know, buddy, he loves giving us cryptic messages. <laughs> um, one of the things he said, we're going to see Herman soon. And sooner than you think. So, uh, of course, nothing is official yet. He has hinted at some things. We'll see. We could see Aramon very, very soon.
0: Mm, that could push back Noah Davis's start. Does that send him to AAA? We'll talk with Renee about that here in a second. And then finally, my last question, because I know you got to go downstairs. you got an interview lined up with Brenton Doyle himself. That uh, we'll see in the post-game show tomorrow on Wednesday. But in Cleveland, you've had nachos and Illegal a, and a Pete's. Is there an Illegal pizza in Cleveland? I, I saw you with something that looked like Illegal Pete's.
1: It looked, yeah, I got a burrito <laughs> bowl. Um, it's the, I think it's the Ohio City Burrito Company, something like that. It's a, it, there's a standout here um, at Progressive Field and they do burritos and tacos and they have these burrito bowls and they're actually really good and they're like, $10, you know, with tax for a burrito bowl. Not bad. So it's a pretty good deal. It's a pretty hefty portion. Um, it's one of my favorite foods at progressive field and I get it almost every time because it actually fills you up.
0: I think that's a compliment that they've clearly stolen, you know, that idea from illegal Pete's, but we'll, we'll kind of leave it at that. All right, Susie, have some fun. Uh, we'll, we'll talk tomorrow, right? but never never in between we won't talk in between at all we will not text no. we will not slack but tomorrow post game show we'll kind of get caught up right
1: a fun fact about us patrick and i only talk on camera that's true yeah no but we'll talk post game um the weather is looking a little iffy i think we'll get the game in but there's a chance that maybe things are a little messy we're gonna keep an eye on it but post game we're gonna talk about this
0: yep Susie, thank you so much uh, hang in there if the the grounds crew needs any help with the tarp. Uh, I know you will jump down in there for the content, for the content,
1: for the content and for the cleave.
0: That's it. Thank you, Susie. Can't wait to have her back here on the corner of Colfax and York at the DNVR bar. She might even be at the takeover on, on Saturday. She might even be on the bus. She might even be cracking them breck brews. She might even be rocking the new tea. She might even get a $15 voucher. In section 115 at Coors Field, because that's all that you're going to get. That's everything, Uh, probably besides just the good vibes and the good time. And hanging out with Susie Hunter.
1: I think I'm going to be there as a fan, because that's the day off I have. So I think I might just take full advantage and just drink all the Breck Brews on the bus and enjoy it.
0: And that's what you do. You go to ball games. Technically speaking, the entire Philly series that you were there was supposed to be an off day for you. And you're like, eh, you know what? I'll just go to Philadelphia instead. So it's <laughs> it's on party
1: right. I was supposed to have off, And I'm like, nah, let's take the red eye to Philly and just to consume more Rockies baseball.
0: You couldn't pay people to go to Cleveland and yet here you are on your day off. You're a grinder. You grind.
1: I, I am a grinder. I am a grinder.
0: Excellent. Um yeah die hard you're going to get 20% off on that uh, on the takeover 20% off all the shirts on dnvrlocker.com and uh, it's 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 fantastic access to the Diehards Only Discord, all kinds of uh, content behind the paywall. I was hoping maybe Susie would be able to stick around to sing her part of the Backus and Shanker theme song. Uh, That would have been cool. Uh, But no, Backus and Shanker, uh, besides seeing them around on on buses, park benches, or here all over our studio. We even got a little neon sign behind me right now that you could see on the DNVR Sports channel on YouTube. The reason they're everywhere is because they do everything. They've been helping Colorado families for over 25 years, they've got 30 lawyers and 100 folks on staff. They're free until they win money in your case. They've done it to the tune of over $1 billion. Seriously, you can call them. It's free free consultation. Uh, they'll even do free work for you until they win money. It's fantastic. They got, they got neighborhood offices where you could go and sit down and talk with them. Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, Fort Collins. They're going to win your case. They'll take care of you, especially if it's an accident that wasn't your fault, whether it's a car accident, motorcycle accident, ride share, pedestrian trucks. Even if you've been injured at work, you can call them at 222-222. All Dazas. That's it. Or since it's the 30th anniversary, you can say all Troy Tulowitzki's. Your call, it's 222 2222. But make that call to Backus and Chanker because they win. And you can win with Volvo Sport too. That's another thing. It's one of the largest social sports companies in the US. We've got one here in Denver. It's fantastic. Uh, there was bowling on Monday night. Alyssa, were you in the bowling league last night? I'm not sure if you jumped in late. No, I went to the first Monday. You no. went to the first Monday. It was good. No, And no bumpers, though. Maybe that's the only detractor. <laughs> There are no bumpers if you go bowling. uh, There there might be other safeguards around kickball, soccer, volleyball, softball, cornhole, bocce, basketball, pickleball. You name it. They've got that. You sign up. It's amazing. $20 per month, minimum three-month membership. Or... $200 $200 for the year. You can also check out a beta version where it's only $10 a month for three months. It's amazing because what they're doing is when adults pay to play, the kids get to pay for free. Volo Kids Foundation is a separate 501c3 that provides free sports camps to kids in each Volo city. It's amazing. Uh, they've got leagues all around town where they're we're talking Lodo, Rhino, Uptown, City Park, Highland, Sloan Lake, Cherry Creek, DU, Inglewood, Arvada, Aurora, Northfield, and more. Go to volosport.com. And go to com to see some of the work from our next guest right here, Renee Deckert. A, uh, We haven't had you on since last offseason, but I remember that office. You You are calling from the university right now, aren't you?
2: You know, I'm not. I'm actually at my house, but um, I've learned I, I end up spending enough of my time on Zoom now that this is just how I make it look. So, but it's just my house. Oh,
0: that's if I fantastic. turn the
2: camera, you can see my kitchen.
0: There you go. I like that. All right. I want it. We'll talk plenty about Rockies. You know, you cover the team. You've been coming into Denver for a couple years now. You've seen the clubhouse. You, uh, we'll talk about some of the things you've been writing. But I want to start off slightly left of center because you are a literature you're a professor of of literature in in wyoming is that correct
2: i so i'm a professor of english uh i work at one of wyoming's eight community colleges i'm up here by the montana border not too far from millistone national park and uh, i haven't taught literature in a long time but i teach courses in technical writing and uh professional communication and i don't know why you ask about that but that's what i do you'll see
0: Oh, you'll see, because uh, there's a there's a site. It's called Preply. That uh, it's a language learning app and an e-learning platform. And so they analyzed uh, close to three quarters of a million comments and thirty thousand posts across thirty subreddits dedicated to all thirty MLB teams. So spelling, we've talked about this in the press box. Words and. and what's appropriate, what's inappropriate, spellings. So I know you would find this interesting. The Colorado Rockies are apparently, their fans, our fans, are the fifth best spelling fans amongst all MLB (laughs) online forums. That's pretty good.
2: We would expect nothing less, I think.
0: Yeah, I I think so. The whole
2: taco apostrophe (laughs) S meme that we've created, I would have thought that would have driven our scores way down. True. But um apparently we've overcome it so that speaks to our ability.
0: I find it interesting that the most misspelled words for Rockies fans are embarrassing, division, acquire, argument and embarrassment. <laughs> That's you would scary. think we
2: would have embarrassment down cold given everything, right?
0: Yeah. But- Embarrassing and embarrassment both on the list. Rockies fans are the eighth most likely to misspell baseball-specific terminology like strike zone. Strange. And then this one is kind of we're cheating. And so again, this this search done by Preply is uh, ha- has missed the mark. And you'll you'll uh, everyone will understand immediately. Rockies fans are apparently number one most likely to flex online by using old school baseball terms such as dinger. <sighs> no, nope, sorry, your survey your, your survey failed, I, I think.
2: But I do hope that DNVR will take seriously this challenge that has emerged in the Rockies fandom about misspelling embarrassment. Um, I think you all are in a position to really take a leadership role in that one. And I hope going forward that we can improve our scores so that the next time we are assessed by this metric, see you're going to the other part, we'll do better.
0: Look, we're DNVR. We're Denver with no vowels, so we are not anyone to judge spelling. Uh, Now, the worst spelling fans were Dodgers, Cardinals, Blue Jays. Red Sox fans were caught most often misspelling three-syllable words. Do it that way, you will. Uh, I found that interesting. Uh, Home run, fan base, and walk-off are the top three most commonly misspelled baseball terms. I think because walk-off is supposed to be with a hyphen. But how about this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this one. Actually, I wanted to ask this to you f- first and like have you think about it a little bit. So I'm putting you a little bit more on the spot. There's one team in MLB who frequently misspells their team's name. And when you hear it again, you'll go, all right, I, I get it. Um, but yeah, they misspell their team's name. And I'm like, ah. Again, I, I think we all know how to spell the team. It's not the city. It's the nickname Home run, I'm still baffled by people who misspell home run, unless they're using hyphens. Well, I assume oh, they think it's that. one word. Yeah. No, maybe. I, I
2: assume they think it's one word. That would be yeah. my, my guess for, for same that
0: thing with fan base. I guess that would probably, it's two words. Maybe, you know, I mean, all right, at least you got the right letters. If you got the right letters, you know, maybe you get a pass on, on something like that, but do you have any guess? And it's also this, the answer to this question is very timely. What. Fan What team's fan base uh, misspells their team nickname?
2: So I'm gonna guess the Guardians and I'm gonna guess it because they're new and they haven't had much practice, but- you
0: got it, let's go, you nailed it.
2: My work. He did not give me the answers, everybody. I just want you to know that.
0: That's true, that's true, do not share the outline. And you'll know that by the last question I asked her, and she, that's when she's going to leave the room and she's going to never want to talk to me. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have any of those questions. But yeah, Guardians, they just switch like the A and the U. And like, that makes sense. you like, ah, eh, the AU blend. Uh, all right. Okay. That can be difficult. But the fact that it is new, boom, they're they are misspelling it. That's wild.
2: And, you know, we should, I don't know if you want to tell people this or not, Patrick, but when I was in Denver the last time, we, we booted up the old chat GPT <laughs> and we asked, chat GPT to create some text in the using the voice of of Patrick Lyons and Kevin Henry and Nick Groke, who was with us and no. um, chat GPT did not do very well.
0: No. Uh, so there I,
2: you
0: go. I do know someone that used the new Google um, AI technology, uh, fittingly called Bard, uh, who may or may not have said uh, or prompted it to write a letter from a if, fan of the Colorado Rockies to Dick Monfort about their feelings. Um, So someone I know may or may not have, have done that or in this room or hosting this show right now, but uh, yeah, that AI technology is a son of a gun. Austin Gomber was a son of a gun on Tuesday against the Cleveland guardians. I'm sorry. I'm pronouncing it how it's been spelled by guardians fans. Um, So great to see him five scoreless frames. What a bounce back for Austin Gomer. How how nice was that to see on Monday evening.
2: You know what, it was terrific. It was particularly good given that after his last outing, he was so honest with everybody and he talked about how mm-hmm. difficult it is for him to sort of recognize the burden that comes with being part of the Nolan Arenado trade, right? And I I mean, I think all of us were like, Austin buddy, Good luck, man. And it just—it was just great to see him yesterday. He was throwing hard. The curve was back. He was, and after the game, I'm, I'm sure you saw this, Patrick. He was talking about how 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 useful it was for him to have that conversation and get that out in the open so that they could deal with it. So everything about that I thought was pretty pretty positive. What about you?
0: Yeah, for for anyone that is looking for—I don't want to even go so far as to say self-help. Then again. Nothing wrong with seeking out self-help but Brené Brown is uh, is amazing in the field of helping people deal with shame and guilt and she says shame hides in the shadows. And so when you kind of hide that shame that you have about something, you don't talk about it, you don't get it out there, it can, you know, rear its own its head in an ugly way and uh maybe develop worse powers in the dark in that way, but if you talk about it, it can be very freeing and it and it seems like that has you know, helped Gomber here uh, just a little bit. I actually went back and and wanted to see how often this has happened to Austin Gomber, where he's had an awful start followed by a really solid one. And so I used game score for this, and this is actually the fifth time that he's uh, since being with the Rockies in 2021 that he's had an increase of 40 points or more. And Monday was his highest because he his his previous start on Wednesday was was a zero, um, and so he. Did did a lot better there, obviously. Uh, but three of those four previous bounce-back games were followed by another kind of dud, uh, unfortunately. So hopefully that trend doesn't continue. And then his next start, which will be back home uh, against the Diamondbacks, um, he'll, he'll be able to sustain things a little bit. Even, again, a quality start. Maybe even a, a five-innings, four-earned-run start, kind of a Coors Field quality start, Uh, will be good, too. But it was nice for him to open up, as you said, and have success and and maybe learn like, you know, maybe I need to open up a little bit more and and be more honest about things that are sensitive and maybe anxiety provoking. And and maybe he's taken a page out of Daniel Bard's book for that as well.
2: You know, Bart had said after the last the previous game that Gomer had thrown that he would help him in any way that he could. And so I wonder the extent to which they've sort of been working with the folks at the Rockies side. Here's a question for you. Do you think they're going to leave Austin Gomber in those in a starting role? Do you think they're going to move him into the bullpen or do you think he's going to continue to start?
0: Well, that's the that's the million dollar question right now with uh, Herman Marquez looking like he may start on Wednesday against Cleveland. If he doesn't and they they want to leave Noah Davis uh, on his schedule on Wednesday. Then uh, Marquez can uh, can pitch on on Friday against the Diamondbacks uh, at home. You still have a, a <laughs> your number one starter back into the rotation, and there's six guys with really only five spots. So who do you keep? Davis has been obviously successful. Uh, Gomber up and down. Jose Urania up and down. Feltner up and down, but the downs have not been that far down. So he's probably safe. Um, just the way that the Rockies have been going about a lot of their young guys, they've been erring on the side of. We don't want to lose our veterans, so let's shuttle our young guy back down to the minor. So, based on you know what what they've shown, not what they've said, we know what they've said about blocking the young guys, and, and we'll talk about your article here in a second. But they've said one thing, and they've kind of done a different thing. So I think I think Gomber will probably be fine in the rotation at least until Antonio Sensitella comes back.
2: So I'm going to make a prediction, just so we've got some yeah. interesting stuff to do. And I'm terrible <laughs> at making predictions. I think they're going to move Gomber into the bullpen, and mm. I think they're going to send Type Block. I think they're going to send Type Block down. I think they're going to keep Davis up and let him keep developing with the Rockies.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you would hope, happen? right? He's earned it. He's definitely earned uh, right. that spot to stay up. And it's it's nice that he got promoted. And he's playing um, just like Brenton Doyle, who did get promoted and immediately got thrown into the, uh, the starting lineup, playing center field, batting eighth. Uh, and Susie was actually there uh, to talk to Buddy Black and say, hey, Buddy, big league debuts, Brenton Doyle, how do you feel? And Buddy, as he always does, uh, so it was very funny, very eloquent here about Brenton Doyle's MLB debut.
2: You know, it was so any, I mean, I'm a buddy. Anytime you get to see anybody recognize their dream, it's always pretty exciting. But it's also been interesting um, whenever you see uh, the ATT Sportsnet folks talk with the players' families. Um, Brenton's mother's been pretty active with us on social and in Twitter and stuff. And it's just great to see all of those folks get to come together and celebrate everything that this family has worked for for so long.
0: Listen, can we see that clip of Bud Black talking about Brenton Doyle? All right, so uh, Bud Black uh, did discuss in uh, in that conversation the fact that you know he 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 loves big league debuts. Bottom line, right? Uh, And he's seen a few of them in their day. I had to go back and, and look historically. Has he seen better big league debuts from Rockies players or during his time with the Padres? And I don't mean the actual singular debut itself, but the start of a guy's career. Um, it should be in the Dropbox. Um, so in San Diego in 2007, he saw Chase Headley, Anthony Rizzo in 2011, before he was quickly dealt, I believe, to Boston. Yasmani Grandel in, 20, uh, in 2012, he was quickly offloaded to, to Cincinnati. Uh, and then a couple of Rocky guys that we'll, we'll talk about in just a second here. But here's Buddy talking about, you know, why he loves big league debuts so much
1: buddy can we circle back to doyle real fast um uh, i know you seem like a guy who has a soft spot for a debut i love debuts you know
3: that i do i love that i told him so when i when we talked this afternoon
1: this is what i want to ask about what do you say to a guy before his debut
3: i i say this is a a day you'll never forget this is uh, a day that uh, you would look forward to for a long time i'm sure i don't i don't know how far back right everybody's thinks differently about yeah. We all had aspirations, right in the backyard of, you know, hitting the home run. But this is—I mean, this is real. This is a real day for him. Uh, I just told him to enjoy it as much as he could. Yeah. He's got family here. He's got friends. Uh, this is a, a great day, and you know, he won't forget it. That's—that's that's basically it. And I—and I told him that, uh, you know, this is one of my favorite days because I get to witness. Of the player's first day in the big leagues, and beyond that, I didn't tell him this, but you know, for me, like when guys go on to have great careers, uh, and I was able to see their first one, you know, when I see them again, it's sort of fun to <coughs> talk about. Hey, remember your first yeah, game? Remember what oh, happened yeah. in your first game? They always recall it. They always recall the first game.
0: Maybe we're uh, still too close to it uh, with with Bud Black you know, taking over as manager in 2017. But really, if you want to talk about guys who've had strong careers that you would go back and talk about that debut for Colorado the, uh, in 2017, Buddy's there for Freeland's debut, Senzatel's debut, uh, as well as Ryan McMahon, all in 2017. Since then, uh, you know, again, maybe we're still a little too close to it. Eventually, we'll hopefully, we'll be talking about Ezekiel Tovar, Brenton Doyle, Noah Davis, you know, a ton of these guys saying, wow, Buddy was there. Uh, at the start of their careers.
2: So I'm going to put in a, I'm going to put in a, I'm going to note Wynton Bernard because I thought his debut was, I mean, I know it's not typical of how these things go, but what a terrific story, you know? So that's one I would add to your list, Patrick.
0: That's cool. I mean, yeah, that was just such a highlight. And you know what, we might have a similar story at some point this year, the way things are going, um, whereby guys are making their debuts and it's, it's a great story. Still earned it. Like that's the thing. Bottom line, let's, let's make no mistake about it. Obviously, Wynton Bernard deserved that uh, debut and, and was the the next guy up on the depth chart for, for Colorado there. And, you know, had himself a couple, you know, very memorable games and, and we could see him here again, uh, with Toronto, but, uh, Riley Pint is that guy where, you know, fourth overall pick back in, in 2016, you know, had all kinds of, you know, arm issues and, uh, maybe mental issues to a degree and took a step away from the game, came back, was really successful, probably should have even debuted at the end of last year if it was not for an injury, but, uh, he's on the 40 man roster and, and we could have another one of those feel good stories uh, this summer as well.
2: I think that would be terrific. And I know it's something we're all looking forward to. I mean, Pine struggled so much, he retired at one point, right? So, I mean, what a a big career trajectory to go from being part of Jeff Passan's book, The Arm, to retiring and now you're back. So I hope we get to see that because I think that would be pretty cool.
0: That would be in yesterday's six nothing win over the Guardians. Bryant and Profar with two hits. Profar, of course, hits his thirst home run. Mike Mustakis, a late addition, uh, Rymac out with a cold. Three hits for Moose. First multi hit game for him with the Rockies. And Elias Diaz continues to rake base hit in his first at-bat. He now has a hit in 15 games, the most by a catcher this season. He's batting 329. He is streaky, and he is a good hitting defensive catcher that will slump, like at the beginning of last year. He, he, he struggled, but came back around. He's still been one of the best finds for the Colorado Rockies in the last few seasons.
2: WRC Plus rates him as the Rockies, or maybe it's F4, but he's the most valuable player that the rockies have right now which is not something i thought any of us thought we would be saying at the start of the season yeah um and it it, this is gonna this is the other thing it's it's a tough year for catchers right i mean the uh, angels have lost their catcher Mm. will smith is out this is a tough year to be a catcher so the fact that the rockies have a catcher who's starting out the season and he's he's hot at the plate is a is a Okay, so it's not really showing up in the record, but it's certainly a plus for the organization.
0: For sure. Absolutely. Brenton Doyle got a hit yesterday in his debut, except it wasn't a hit. What's that about, Renee? (laughs) How sad. How sad. It was like, let the guy
2: have the hit. What are we doing here? But next time, Brenton, it's going to happen today. You're on the roster. I feel it.
0: That's it. Uh, Susie again caught up with uh Brenton Doyle and, and discussed uh, his big league debut in Cleveland, not too far away from uh, Shepherd University in West Virginia, where he went to where he went to college.
1: Bretton Doyle major league debut. How did it feel out there? Yeah, what a day. Um,
4: just a lot of emotions. Um, came out of the win, so that's all I can ask for. Is what a ride it was.
1: What a ride! Yeah. Also, you got to first base a few times, but never actually got your first career correct, hit. Correct. Kind of weird, right?
4: Correct. Yeah, kind of weird. I thought I had one there, but um, I guess we'll have to wait till the next day. So that's the beauty of this game. You know, you get to do again tomorrow.
1: Um, you got to be the first Rocky to wear that MLB debut little patch. Oh yeah! Did you notice that? I
4: did. Super cool. Super cool.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure you probably answered this earlier, but who did you have out there, um, family and friends wise?
4: So on my side, it was just my mom, but then I had my wife and my daughter and a lot of my uh, wife's family out there. Nice. They're, they're a rowdy group, so it was fun having them here.
1: Rowdy how?
4: They're just loud. Loud people. <laughs>
1: um, uh, what is the one takeaway? What's the one thing you're going to remember the most from today?
4: Uh, just literally everything. Just the whole day. Um, I try to take as many mental images in my job. head as I could really slow everything down um
0: but yeah all right
1: well congratulations thank
0: you out of the fact that rockies fans are good spellers it probably also helps like when you look in the rockies bullpen last night jake bird two innings scoreless performance uh bird easy pierce johnson johnson easy to spell one inning of scoreless work uh and justin lawrence with an inning. Typical spelling of Lawrence. So that helps, I think, a little bit too. We, we've got that going for us, don't we?
2: Well, you've got Bard and Bird, right? So you just change out a foul in your set. So that's a, a, useful, a useful thing too. So
0: Jake Bard and Daniel Bird. Damn it. I knew I, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that, but I did. Uh, Justin Lawrence did speak a little bit with Buddy on the pitch that's sweeping the nation. A pun, absolutely intended. Uh, Justin Lawrence, Bud Black, on the sweeper. What is a sweeper? How is it different? And, and why Justin Lawrence has fallen in love uh, with, rightfully so, one of the best pitches in all of MLB.
1: Justin Lawrence with the sweeper that is sweeping the nation. How would you describe the sweeper?
5: Um, you know, I guess according to a lot of people online, it's just a slider. But the way I look at it, you know, you got the two-seam fastball. you got the sinker, the cutter, the four-seam. Yeah, they're just a fastball, but, you know, they all have different metrics. They all move different ways. You can say the same thing about curveball and the different kinds of change So, it's like, slider isn't just one pitch, you know. There's the gyro slider, the sweeper, the slur. They all move differently. So, for me, like, the best way to explain it is, like, I wouldn't go and just tell a hitter, like, hey, he throws a really good slider. Well, you know, what kind? You know, gyro's going to go straight down. Sweeper's going to go this way. Slur is going to go this way, you know. So, it's just... Another kind of another kind of pitch.
1: Um, are you trying to change the culture of the way people talk about pitches?
5: Hey, all pitches, all pitches matter. You know, all sliders matter. Um, no, it's just I just I honestly think from a player standpoint, I think it just helps hitters understand more what to look for. You know, versus like I said, just saying slider. Well, what kind of slider? Because there is many kind of sliders. There's many kind of change ups, curveballs, all that. It does look cooler on the scoreboard than slider. So. The original plan of me just wanting it to look cool on the uh, scoreboard works. Now we just now it turned into like a, a teaching lesson on on the internet, <laughs> letting everybody know it's more than just a slider.
1: Are you ready to take on that responsibility to I teach am. everyone? I
5: am. I already had a field day with it the last couple days, so I got my I got my sources lined up.
1: Can you describe what a sweeper is?
3: I, I always thought it was one of those things that like. Uh, Big device, four wheels that goes cleans the, <laughs> cleans, the, cleans the curb, cleans the gutter, right? It's I love an that. adjective used to describe yeah. a slider. That's what it is.
5: Yeah.
3: It's yeah. what a Swiffer does. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It is a it is a pitch that breaks horizontally, that has side to side spin, that has, in, in simple terms, more of a, a, a horizontal break uh, with a, with the type of side spin that creates. Uh, you know, movement on the, on the
1: breaking point. And are you recognizing it as, a, as its own pitch? I, uh, I'm
3: not. i I, re, I to most, uh, I've referred to it as a breaking
0: point. Lawrence petitioned for his slider to get changed to a sweeper. I think what we need to do now is to petition Baseball Reference to have his nickname officially placed on his page, the Lion of Panama. That's the work that we need to do now for him, for his sweeper.
2: You know, there's nothing holding you back. Just reach out to Sean Foreman on Twitter, propose it. I don't know what the formal process is, but you have our full support going forward with this one. And I know that Justin Lawrence likes this nickname because I've heard him say it. And so, um, this is, this is your crusade, Patrick, carry on.
0: Well, the fact that my last name is Lions maybe that will help kind of push it across the finish line. Like, Hey, as a lion, I think it's fitting. That's it. Yeah. You know, the original reason that he wanted to change it, as we see in our chat and as he kind of discusses, he wanted to see it on the scoreboard. Like, okay, why not have fun? That's something that I think in the past it would have been like, oh, worry about your pitching and not so much about all these other things. I think it's fine for guys to worry about stuff like that right now. It makes the game a little bit more fun, makes it more relatable to us because we worry about that kind of stuff.
2: And, you know i think it's one of the things where you see the influence of like pitching ninja show up right mm-hmm. i mean suddenly pitching is is a niche kind of thing and when i was in denver the last time i asked justin lawrence what's it like to be on on pitching ninja and he granted he's like it's really it's really cool and he said that sometimes when players when pitchers will leave the field and they'll go into the dugout somebody will say that's going to be on pitching ninja so that creates a really interesting metric by which pitchers are sort of judging each other. And I suspect that the, the this desire to sort of differentiate your, your breaking pitches in this way stems from that sort of Pitching Ninja have a personality as a pitcher.
0: Yeah. yeah if you uh, sign up using code DNVR to game time tickets, not Pitching Ninja. I don't think he has any deal with game time tickets, but we do. We're gonna get you 20% off your first purchase. And if you're getting tickets to a Rockets game, you can probably get an entire row, at least certainly enough for like a family of four. You can probably get some Rockies tickets on game time with that 20% off uh, discount using code DNVR. The cool thing is, if you wanna just hang out in and around the ballpark or you're hanging out right now uh, at the DNVR bar, you can wait up until about an hour before first pitch. And still get tickets. And you got a lot of ticket brokers and folks who have those seats. Maybe they're partial season ticket holders and they don't want them anymore. Okay, fine. They want to get something for them. So they're going to reduce the price to about 60% off of face value. And that's where you can go ahead, snipe in, get those seats, and use code DNVR for 20% off at game time tickets. It's the app that over 15 million folks have used in the past to get great seats. I've used it for Red Rock shows. So... Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Renee, I don't know if you think these are fantastic, but I figured now's a good time to talk about Shady Rays. What do you think? I mean, I could I could play center field for the Rockies with these shades on, don't you think?
2: Um, those are wicked good, and you should never take them off.
0: Never go to bed with these things on?
2: That's exactly what I'm talking
0: about. That's it. Well, they're polarized, so, I mean, they already blocked the sun out. It's going to, you know, if you leave a little nightlight on or a salt lamp, something like that, again, these polarized shades, they look great in the day, but at night it'll help you sleep a little bit better. I don't know if I can officially say that that's true, but personally that's been my experience when I wear these glasses to bed tonight now since I can't take them off. Uh, thanks to Renee's suggestion. But you can uh, buy one, get one free over at Shady Rays, especially when you use that code DNVR. You can also go to the Park Meadows Mall nearby, and you get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shade's rated five stars by over 200,000 people. And the, the key reason why they've given it five stars is because they have a lost and broken replacement guarantee. So if you don't like your glasses within the first 30 days, You get a refund. If you lose your glasses, like Susie, you will get a new pair of sunglasses from Shady Rays. Or if you break them, that's going to be my route, they will again go ahead and replenish that. That's Shady Rays. Use code DNVR for some uh, buy one, get one offers. And our friends at Foco, they've uh, they've got decorations all around our studio, which you can't see right now. We, Renee, we may have to send some uh, Foco uh, gear and memorabilia to you for the next time you're on. You can have a nice little Kyle Freeland, uh, team USA bobblehead behind you. Or would you prefer like a hat? we you've got cool. a lot of hats?
2: No, I'm going to go with the bobblehead because I can use it to like set up in my house. so that would be cool.
0: Enhance the vibe there. Yeah, wh- whether it's a man cave or you've got your own little at-home podcast studio or you just want those like good vibes of, of the stadium, you can just get that for yourself, but you can also get it for folks all around the country because they've got all the teams. It's not just those here in Colorado. So take advantage of that. I'd use code DNVR when you're at Foco.com. And, of course, you get 10% off all those non-presale items at Foco when you use code DNVR. Okay, I'm getting. I need to take my sunglasses off now. <laughs> we're, do, we're done with that part. All right, keynote from yesterday's game uh, Terry Francona did not have to use much of his bullpen. Xavier and Curry did a lot of that heavy lifting. So that will be interesting to see how that plays out for the rest of this uh, series.
2: It will. And, you know, I just have to say on a personal note, Cal Quantrill is on my um, fantasy baseball team. And so he did not do me any favors on my fantasy team yesterday, but I'm happier that the Rockies won. So, you know, there's there's that part to it. But it will be interesting to see what happens with the Cleveland bullpen going forward in this series.
0: Yep, absolutely. We got Feltner versus Peyton Battenfield. He is the second Peyton. There was a Peyton last year was the first, but he's the first Battenfield, field. So he's not a double unique. Uh, we already have, we already know Ryan. And McMahon's back in the lineup. New. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. He yep. just made his debut this year. Ryan McMahon back in the lineup. So uh, I was sick on Monday. Uh, Mike Moustakis at first base. So Crone gets the day off, but you'll like this. So tomorrow we're not sure what the Rockies are going to do. If it'll be Davis or if it'll be Marquez, but another TBA potential for Cleveland, Connor Pilkington, He's a double unique. Have we talked about this before? That you know is this? very
2: cool. You and I have not talked about it, but I caught in on it. You were, you were tweeting about it yesterday, right?
0: Probably. Yeah. Oh, yes, I was in regards to Brenton Doyle. That's right.
2: Exactly. And so I had never paid attention before, but I will going forward. And I'm going to follow your lead on this one because you are clearly the expert in this
0: field field of, yeah, it's obscure, it's maybe irrelevant. Nobody in the history of baseball, of 23,000 players, has your first name, at least spelled your way, and the last name, and so that's pretty unique. So in fact, believe it or not, when Randall Gritchick comes back, if you have an outfield of Jureks and Profar, Jonathan Daza, and Randall Gritchick, that will be an all-double-unique outfield. No one in the history of baseball has any of their first or last names. That'll be cool.
2: If Are you a, a a unique baseball player? Have there been other Patrick Lyonses in baseball? Well,
0: there's a Hall of Famer with the last name Lyons, Ted Lyons. And yeah, there's been a Patrick right. Sandoval, right? Team Team Mexico. So I'm I'm far from yeah, but unique. Th- <laughs> I think you're unique. In that way. The Rockies have had a, a few of those double uniques recently. Penn Murphy, Kanan Smith, Najigba from Pittsburgh, JaJuan Bay. Brenton is the first Brenton. But he's not the first Doyle. In fact, the last Doyle was also a Rocky, Tommy Doyle. And I did go back and look. Most Brents are just Brents. Although Brent Morrell, you might remember him from the White Sox, he actually was a Brenton. Okay, enough of this silliness. Let's talk about some of your articles. Um, The return of Daniel Bard, you wrote something for Just Baseball about his anxiety, talking with him, and then kind of the combination of those two things together, what it's like for you having to talk to a baseball player for the first time and being in a clubhouse. I thought that was a wonderful piece you wrote.
2: You know, he was really, he was the first person I ever, first baseball player I ever talked to in a clubhouse and he was great. And um, you could tell when I, when I talked with him and I talked with Connor Joe, you could just tell that these were two people who had great empathy for others. I mean, it just really showed in how they interacted with people. But really the thing to look at with daniel bart is he did an, an online interview last october where he talked about his anxiety at some in some detail and it's very very good and there's one of the just it's just a real hard moment is he he says i think i'm through it i don't think that this is i this one's behind me i'm not gonna have to do this again and then it came back Right. And so um, I really enjoyed writing that. I was glad the folks at Just Baseball asked me to do it. And I'm glad more people are talking about the issues that Daniel Mm -hmm. Bard is bringing forward, because we need to talk about mental health in sports and just in our culture as a whole.
0: Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. Uh, Brene Brown is a really good place to start for anyone that uh, is looking to work on their own anxiety.
2: You know, I've taught Dare to Lead in a class for a couple of years, so Brene Brown is is just kind of a superhero, I think. So yeah, she is.
0: yeah, she's great. Uh, a couple of the superheroes that Rockies fans want to have, that being their young guys. Uh, again, I wanted to talk with you about this the last couple of days when I thought about what our conversation would look like, and then lo and behold, boom. You drop something over on Purple Row. That will be linked in the podcast description for anyone that wants to check that out and doesn't want to do a search of Renee Deckert's name or Purple Row. That's okay. It'll be linked in the description. You click on it about the fact that this offseason, Bill Schmidt said it to me in San Diego at the Manchester Grand Hyatt talking about the bamboo theory, talking about, hey, we don't want to block the young guys. That's why we're not going to sign a guy like a Brandon Nimmo. Uh, and then we're going to acquire more young guys like Nolan Jones. We want to let the young guys have that play and have those opportunities. And yet three veteran signings since January 1st, uh, pretty much all just during spring training have actually done the opposite of that. have actually blocked these young guys from playing.
2: Well, we know that at this point, and we're still in small sample size territory, but we know that these are three players, Profar, Moustakis, and Harold Castro. They have not been productive and they have not been productive offensively or defensively. Now, Profar and Mustakas both had really good days yesterday. So that's excellent and a positive sign. And you can, so Moustakas is the least expensive of the signing, right? Um, Profar, you can understand, I think they would have been less apt to sign Profar had Sean Bouchard not been hurt, right? And All I right. thought, and I think they probably thought, well, we can get this switch hitter. We couldn't find the lefty bat. I have to say the, the Harold Castro signing is just baffling it it really doesn't make sense and so maybe that's all going to shake out and but i also think that fans were discouraged whenever we discovered that nolan jones hung out with the rockies for a weekend and never got to play even though there were clearly opportunities for him to do that and so i think these are fair questions for the rockies to to ask for fans to ask now it's too soon to know if this is what these three players are going to do. But at this point, it's difficult to see that they bring anything to this team.
0: Yeah. I think that was the worry when Brenton Doyle got called up where you go, is this another one of those situations where Brenton needs to learn how to fly on a plane? And how to put food on his plate and tie his uh, sneakers in the in the locker room as is kind of that value has been placed upon some of these young guys late last year. Will he actually play? And you know the fact again being thrown right into the lineup right away. Okay, was was kind of a good sign. Does that mean that the Rockies have you know learned something from the Nolan Jones experience? I, I don't necessarily think so. But uh, you did see uh, you know, Montero going back down, uh, in that transaction with, with Brenton Doyle. So he's kind of stuck. I mean, what do you make of Eli Montero? Do you think there's still hope for him to be, you know, part of this team's future the next couple years? Is this a, just a step back or, you know, has the organization given up on him in, in your opinion?
2: I don't think they've given up on him, yeah. but I think they, I, I think, he Montero is the victim of bad roster management hmm. um, they've known for a long time he's probably not going to make it at third base right so the logical thing is to use him at DH and at first base the problem is they have so many first basemen I mean literally so many first basemen they're not going to take DH away from Charlie and probably that is going to be Chris Bryant's position going forward so where do you play Montero, because I think there's a consensus that if he can get regular repetition, he's going to rake. And I think I think there's a problem. And it's not about Montero. It's less about Montero than the Rockies sort of thinking it through. I don't, what do you think, Patrick?
0: No, it's very much trying to stick a, a, a round peg in a square hole, right? Or vice versa, because I think square holes are probably or rather round holes are hard to put a square peg in. But uh, you're right. I, I think there is somewhat of a roster mismanagement where I, I understand, you know, the, the argument I can remember back in 2018, uh, and I've, I've said it many times you had Cargo and you had Gerardo Para. And you're like, well, these guys are at the end of uh, their careers and into their contracts as well. And you had a more exciting young players in David Dahl and Ryan Altapia. Well, if you get rid of Para and Cargo, you don't have any backup options it has to be doll performing it has to be top you're performing and so i think that same thought process is being applied now that being said if you're caught out without depth late in the season because a player's not playing well too bad keep rolling them out there lose 100 games not a big deal so in 2018, you were worried about death because you were trying to go for a postseason spot. So you needed to have those guys late in the year for the marathon. Whereas right now, I mean, yeah, they're in a marathon, but just just walk it. Walk the 26.2 miles. Um, You're not going anywhere. You know, the owner has said it exactly as much. Any of the projection system has shown the exact same thing. So just run those guys out there and they will have to learn, unfortunately, the hard way. The organization may have to learn the hard way. But the bottom line is, you will learn. This is not allowing us to learn anything about Montero's future necessarily, um, and and learn anything about some of those guys that are at the end of their careers too, or or the end of their contracts because they've got about eight guys that are gonna be free agent at the end of this year. I think the worst case scenario. And I believe I've said it here before because I say some things in the Discord and the diehards only Discord. I say some things in the press box or to fans when we're hanging out here at the bar that I don't. Uh, Necessarily say on the pod, but the worst thing that could happen this year is not the Rockies lose 100 games. It's that they lose 100 games and have zero activity at the trade deadline because they feel like they need to keep these veterans in order to prevent 100 losses. You could even have 95 losses and you hold on to everybody and not make certain moves to help you out in the future. That's why they're in this predicament in the first place because of one trade in 21 and no trades in 2022. They can't repeat that again. And that is truly the worst case scenario.
2: You know, I agree with that. And I I have to say, I don't have any problem with the Rockies starting Nolan Jones in AAA. Because if you watched him at spring training, uh, it was not, I mean, he was one of the leaders in all of baseball with strikeout, like tied for third, right? So Mm -hmm. the fact that they sent him to Albuquerque so he could, you know, work it out, get confident, but he's, like, tearing the cover off. Am I wrong? Does he have, like, the highest OPS? in? At any rate, he's doing super. It's time to see what he can do with the Rockies. And conversely, I I really don't have a problem with them sending Montero to Albuquerque because he clearly needs some time to just sort of get stuff sorted and get back. So anytime you give anybody a break to sort things out, I think that's a good move. The problem is if you don't have a plan for that. And that's, I think, the sense that fans have right now.
0: That the Rockies don't have a plan, and that's that, that's kind of where we'll we'll end things on because you know you guys get a lot of really good fan engagement from from folks and your comments and stuff, hundreds of comments. What uh, I think we all know the skinny, but what what have you noticed from Rockies fans? How are they feeling right now? Not just about this season because obviously it's it's a bad start; it's one of the worst in all of baseball right now. But just the future of the club and the the front office and ownership having a plan it seems as if they don't i think Rockies fans get that and because of that they're very apathetic and and just don't care to a degree
2: so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna go beyond the message boards of purple row because those are really pretty diehard folks when i was in denver for opening weekend and i've seen this in our twitter i don't know about your social but boy our people have just had it they Mm. are and I, I went out one night with some friends and they were they were 10 when the Rockies came to Denver. So these are the kinds of people that the Rockies really want to cultivate as fans. They want to get their kids engaged. And you know what? They just don't care. They've just they they're just not invested anymore. And you can't build, you can't build for a future like that. And so I really am unclear about how we're gonna have this sort of fan apathy whenever it hits, the new television contracts. I think the Rockies are headed for a a perfect storm. And Mm. the thing that I'm really watching going forward are the attendance numbers. Right. Because we're early, but we know that they're down. And so my question is, and this is beyond sort of the scope of roster management. What happens if that trend continues? What's the plan that the Monfort family has with their revenue streams, because I think that's a real question that we're going to have going forward.
0: Yeah, Robert in the chat saying it's hard to be a Rockies fan, but uh, he's going to keep grinding and uh, and riding along and and, and we're going to be doing the same thing, trying to have some fun. Purple Rose doing that same thing. I really thought Coors Field was recession proof to a degree, right? Like people are still going to come out and I think they will. I think the, I think the numbers are still going to be. Really solid. Again, if you are a last place team and maybe even one of the worst five, and you're mid-table, right? Like you're like the 15th best in attendance, that's still pretty great. But if you are spending what Momfort and the team is on players and payroll, now you have kind of have in an issue. And I think if they if they have cutbacks, if they basically didn't spend, as your article points out, just under $10 million on those three free agents. Well, now all of a sudden, all right, being 28th in all of baseball win and winning percentage and 16th in attendance, that, that's not so bad. You can make those numbers work, but you can't keep doing it the way that they've been doing it.
2: So that's a question that I have going forward. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know how we're going to measure that, but that's something I think everybody should keep their eye. I, I, this one just feels, this kind of fan apathy feels different. But maybe that's just me. So we'll see if there's something to it or if it's going to get nice and everybody's going to come out and have a course light and enjoy the day because, you know, that's good, too.
0: That's right. And hey, we'll be trying to answer that question all season long uh, for us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies at Patrick D. Lyons is where I'm at. And go ahead and plug away, Renee, uh, where you're at on, on social media as well as Purple Row.
2: You bet well, I'm over at uh, PurpleRow.com. And um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Renee Deckert, and I'm publishing stuff on uh, Just Baseball. I do some work for Pitcher List. I'm sort of keeping track of my fantasy team over there and doing some stuff. <laughs> and uh, I've got a, a newsletter that I do as well. So uh, lots of stuff going on, um, but I always enjoy coming here to talk to Patrick and Susie about baseball because they're fun and they know a lot.
0: Yeah, we, got, we gotta have fun. Yeah, through, through this time, for sure. And we've got to keep our momentum going at least somewhat. But unfortunately, Renee, I know you know. But for anyone that doesn't know, you know what they say about momentum and baseball podcasts? They say, it's only as good as your next show. So, of course, we will talk to you on Wednesday post-game, maybe after a Rockies series win, right here on the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube.